welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers us all to engage bravely with the hardest aspects of parenting, to create positive change in ourselves, our families, and the world. Join us to build intention, elevate skills, and align our parenting practices with our greatest ideals. When we practice trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by The Raja Press, an online boutique that celebrates life's adventures through fine jewelry. Designer and curator Katie Shadwick has impeccable taste and collects a beautiful array of hand-picked and reimagined vintage, as well as newly designed fine jewelry from San Francisco and beyond. Visit therajapress.com and enter code UPBRINGING for 15% off your order. Now on to our empowerment. Welcome to our empowerment episode. Woot woot. We play the long game. Mm-hmm. And this is, we this say is, every time, this is a big one. Well, this is going to be, we're playing the long one. game and it's going to be a short and sweet episode. It is. Why? To have mercy on those listening. Because, <laughs> no, also we have to go pick up our kids and today oh, just really yeah. got away from us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a big one too because I think it's our last empowerment episode of the season. Mm-hmm. And maybe for a while. Because the ne- holidays? Ne- well, mm-hmm. next season, I'm not sure we're going to do episode this exact way on empowerment so we'll have to see mm-hmm. it's yeah. been fun though i've liked it a lot to kind of do a little deep dive yeah into the ones that we love the most and kel for those um who are listening for the first time maybe or haven't listened to an empowerment episode could you give us just a little backstory on what sure. those are and why? you can you can read our 12 empowerments on our website as well at upbringing.co Basically, we created these empowerments as sort of ideals or agreements with ourselves um, in an effort to be aligning our ideals and our dreams and our hopes for our own behavior and our own parenting uh, with our day-to-day practices, um, often which end up in control measures that Mm -hmm. we're just struggling against. that's a long-winded I mean, way these, to say it. You've said before, Kel, that all of these empowerments are born from the obstacles. Yeah. And if we are able to look at these empowerments in a we, like this is something we do, this is our work, this is a value we have that kind of helps guide us through those challenges yeah. to that other side and to that alignment. Yeah. That's, that's so a t- yeah. like a tough thing, our kids' big, messy emotions. That's so hard to endure. But from everything we've read, all the research out there says we need to be welcoming those emotions and supporting them and listening to them and bringing them all on. So mm-hmm. the empowerment, we welcome all emotions, is our reminder to do that. Mm-hmm. So we just got to kind of trust in these. And this one, for example, if I were going to summarize it in that way. Well, do you want to read it first? Sure. It's yeah available on the website, but I, I would love to read it if that's you cool. Go, you go, girl. Okay. So here we go. Profound and long-lasting growth in our kids requires us to forego quick fixes and the need for immediate results. Staying true to our values while patiently trusting in the process nurtures their sacred journey of growing up authentically. Yeah, that's kind of a a basic gist, but we're going to kind of unpack that today, right? I have a huge piece of paper that was looks like a conspiracy theorist wallpaper at some point, and um. We're gonna we're gonna check that out and explore it a little bit. I think just to to summarize in that same way that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, welcoming all emotions. Playing the long game for me is a reminder that 
Things take time. Skills take time. Learning mm-hmm. takes time. Growing takes time. And that this is a big, beautiful journey that we need to be supporting our kids on and that we need to be endeavoring our, ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of our empowerments seem very passive. We welcome all their emotions. We parent side by side. We look within. Like they're not a lot of like, I discipline their ass, you know, like or say I this. take this away. I give this, I say this. And that's what a lot of the parenting stuff out there is. These seem very kind of ethereal. Can you grab onto it? What does that even mean and look like? But we really chose this empowerment to say playing the long game because it, we want it to be fun. It's not we're waiting the long game. We're sitting in the long for the long game. We are playing, playing as an engaging with, being active, curious, persistent, nimble. Um, this long game is is this process of growth for our kids and for ourselves, and it's hard work. It is not sitting around just waiting for them to develop. This is not a permissive parenting permission for you all to just be like, oh well, I'm just going to allow this because. I'm just playing the They'll long game. They'll learn that at some point. They'll so figure I'm just it gonna out. Let them do it. And I mean, there's something to be said for that, that mindset in a lot of moments, but that's not what this episode is about, right, Kel? Yeah. Are you trying what to read some- our notes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly can't read we your handwriting. To, like, I'm gonna go. I never write anymore. Think, do, do any of you have that problem where you you're writing here, so rarely now that when you do, it's, you're like, who? Like what? It looks murderer, like you did it with your left hand. Like hostage person is like writing this scrawl yeah i'm sorry um what does that say it says so i like to think of a, a boomerang metaphor with Ooh, the long game so yeah. i'm gonna we're gonna kind of unpack this little by little and kind of bounce around a little but i like to think of it as a boomerang as a parent i tend to and i don't know if you'd agree with me kelty i tend to find myself either in future thinking or in present survival mode and um, both of those things, both of those positions where I'm either like with a challenge with my kid being like, oh my God, end this torture for me, or I'm they're doing something that's bothering me or worrying me, and I immediately project to the future, oh my God, what does this mean? And I think that what playing the long game means is saying, don't really exist in either one, but integrate those in a, in a thoughtful, mindful way that that kind of like, it's like a boomerang where you're in the present moment that you want to fix. You throw the boomerang out to that future, to that ideal, kind of like Kelty just talked about with the empowerment, to get that that perspective, that metacognition of what, what, what am I aiming for to support in my child or in our relationship or in the world or whatever it is that guides our parenting. Um, and then bring that value and that that belief and that hope and that trust back to the present moment to in, to integrate into that present moment and help guide our behavior. And the idea of it is that maybe when we do that boomerang and we're not just simmering in either the present or the present anguish or the future fear, we're, we're kind of uh, able to, to just survive the moment better, be more mindful, work on some skills, and get some real perspective on what we're dealing with. Does yeah. that make sense? That totally makes sense. And I think it's a really poetic metaphor. I picture like missing it and getting hit in the head every now and then, but um, but I like it. Let's talk about okay. some of the challenges. Like, what are some some moments that we really struggle with playing the long game? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is having that 
that patience, that trust, um, that perspective. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, maybe we should talk a little bit more about that first. What is playing the long game to you? Other than kind of like trying to exist between the present and the future mm-hmm. in that kind of integrated, mindful way. I don't know. I really do think that playing the long game is saying I'm going to create a dynamic landscape of not just what my parenting can look like, but who my kid is becoming and can be and can separate that from my own discomfort in the process of all of this, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And I think that rather than defining what playing the long game is, I think sometimes it can help to define what not playing the long game is. And I think that for me, when I realize I'm not playing the long game with my kids, it's usually when I'm feeling scared and worried. Mm -hmm. So I'm worried about who they're going to become based on what I'm seeing right now. Are they going to become an asshole, a freak, a brat, a thoughtless person, someone unskilled, someone rude, smelly, someone smelly, <laughs> all of those. When I'm in that fear, that, that is when the clue to me, whoa, I'm not playing the long game. I'm not trusting right now. And another time I notice is when I'm feeling a pressure, a pressure to control, a pressure to change, a pressure to push and move them forward or conform. Yep. Or conform yeah. them. And those are from cultural and societal conditioning from our family, from the public. That's when I'm feeling a pressure. Oh my God, everybody's watching. Oh my gosh, what does this mean about me as a parent? Oh my God, what does this look like? Oh my gosh, they're not walking yet. Oh my gosh, they're not saying thank you to this person. Oh my gosh, they're melting down in the grocery store and people are staring at me. Mm -hmm. And those are moments when I realize, okay, I'm also not playing the long game because I'm focusing on a pressure, uh, an outer pressure. And the opposite of that pressure is again trust and i think Mm -hmm. all of trust is the opposite of all of these things what's another time that you feel like you're not playing the long game i think when i feel really impatient when Mm -hmm. i feel like i just have an expectation that they just do it now i have an expectation that they stop doing whatever they're doing right now or that they learn something now or that they learn something or or are able to do something this minute and that is that's me definitely not playing the long game and it's not realistic the fear's not realistic. The true pressure from outside sources, it feels realistic, but it's not. And the impatience isn't necessarily realistic either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that all of those things, oh, and the fourth one, I think, is when I just don't know, basic ignorance, I guess you could call it, about what my kid's development is like or how long it takes for a kid to learn how to tie their shoes and do it consistently, successfully. Or how you know skills ebb and flow with hygiene. Or how taste or, buds are, are established. Right. Yeah. There's so much we don't know about this parenting thing. There's no parenting school. None of us has really gone to that. Um, we're all coming from our own unique place. But I think oftentimes when I have these expectations and, and a yearning to control, it's either coming from a fear, an outer pressure, an inner impatience, or just a general ignorance. Those are kind of the four realms that I find myself in when I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not feeling good about this. I'm wanting to control my child and push them to do Mm -hmm. something. Wait a second, what's going on? I'm not playing the long game for some reason. I think for me, I I love all of that and I identify with all of that. But I think 
I when I realize that I'm not playing the long game when I at the same time that I realize that I'm not respecting my child as their own separate person. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted to kind of make this a mashup of like the last few empowerments that we haven't done like we don't own, own our children mm-hmm. and we look inward. Those are sure. two that we haven't done but they're all, all of these are connected. And you know, last last week's empowerment of we meet our kids where they are is so in this as well, mm-hmm. which Part of playing the long game is being in the present, meeting our kids where they are right this moment. But back to my point was, is that for me, playing the long game is a realization that I can't rush any of these things because it's not my fucking right. Mm -hmm. Because it's my child's development. It's my child having their needs, building their skills, moving through the world in however way they are able or Mm -hmm. want to Mm -hmm. and at their own speed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's it's giving our children their lives. That's what playing the long game is to me is saying you do you when you're ready, how you're ready in the way that you're ready. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be here to watch and scaffold and trust and support and be there and bear witness mm-hmm. instead of pushing, controlling, nudging, mm-hmm. um, all these other I things. Mean, but it's it's perspective. That's yeah. what playing the long game is, is saying. I'm not taking this moment and day for as my entire life and my entire relationship and their entire life mm-hmm. that today in these moments are just little bits and little pieces that get strung together into this rich tapestry of a childhood and an adolescence and an adulthood and into and our soul. adulthood and into into a soul and into a relationship. And that this is really serious stuff. And it, it goes so against our culture that says everything is fear-based. Everything is external pressure-based. Everything is now and fast. Everything is my way or the highway, not knowing or needing to know about child stuff. Yeah. And I think that I also know, Kel, when I'm not playing the long game because my kids resist me. Mm-hmm. And that <laughs> that's is our my, ding ding. That's my ding ding. When I'm feeling these things, when I'm feeling scared, pressure, impatience, ignorance, And, you know, um, and also when I'm seeing my child resisting because they are basically saying you are pushing me to do something or be somebody that I'm not ready to be or that I will never be. And you are not playing the long game with me, mom. That is the sign that I'm getting from them. You know, Mm -hmm. it's when I'm trying to, when I'm reject, when I'm rejecting something that they're doing, when I'm reacting about something, when I'm wanting to control, when I'm wanting to push when I'm overlooking something we all do that we all find ourselves doing that so often because we're just we're winging it you know mm-hmm. it's really tough we're doing our best but it's tough <sighs> what are, I mean what's the downside of not playing the long game we do you know it, we're going to ebb and flow with this all of these empowerments as we've said before this is the work of parenting we don't like be like check have that empowerment nailed mm-hmm. we keep working we're going to be doing this in our 60s 70s 80s I hope the whole life will be practicing to play the long game with our kids to meet them where they are, to look within ourselves, to do all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that you and I were mentioning it earlier when we were scribbling all of this on the piece of paper (laughs) that if I think I can read my notes here a little bit, but the, the downside when we don't play the long game, it's the downsides of control. It's the downsides of judgment. It's the downsides of labeling. It's the downsides of micromanaging. When we do those things with our kids, we rob them of developing an an inner authority and an inner wisdom of themselves. We rob them of the personal reward that they can get from discovering things and being somebody that they're meant to be. 
um, we, we turn their focus away from developing that inner self and that inner strength and that inner resilience and knowing, right? Mm-hmm. And we're turning their heads towards us, towards society, towards fear, towards um, not being enough. Conformity. Towards conformity, mm-hmm. all these other things. And so playing the long game is saying, I'm going to trust and give you your own upbringing and I'm going to support and be along alongside you here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in some ways it, it's like it empowers them, you know, it plays on their unique timeline. The long game isn't our game. We're just the pitcher, you know, and I'm just throwing out a random metaphor, you don't but do like, well with sports metaphors, I don't, usually. damn it. I just Except dove right into that one. Does count as a sports metaphor? Cause that was awesome. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but like, you know what I mean? We're just part of the game. If you think of this as a game, mm-hmm. it, the game isn't our game. We don't own the team. We're not deciding everything. We're in it with them. Mm-hmm. And we each are, are going through our own things. So I think it really ultimately empowers them because it says, this is your timeline. This is your journey. What can I do to celebrate you and to honor you and to help you better understand yourself and how you want to move through the world? Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. I think we were going to, I'm not sure that we brought this example up for we meet our kids where they are, but we meant to Mm -hmm. talk about my husband's cousin who at age 25 just learned to ride a bike. Did we bring that up in that episode? Mm, I don't think we we I made remember, it. But but it's an amazing example. He just wasn't ready. He just didn't want to ride for a really long time. I'm not sure how often he tried. His parents didn't push him into doing it. And then he got a bunch of buddies together at grad school, grabbed some beers, and had a big party where all his friends taught him how to ride a bike when he was fucking ready. <laughs> it just makes me so happy. But it's like they could have forced him. His parents could have forced him to... You know, to learn to ride a bike. We didn't mention that that dad you saw who was like, get get on that bike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think that basically playing the long game helps promote a true, deep, long lasting understanding of a skill and a value because it's based on our kids' timeline, not ours. It's based on their readiness, not our expectations. Mm -hmm. And you and I talk about how we go about parenting and doing these things really matters, right? So do you want to give a couple examples yeah, really quick? Well, because mean, we can't do, we can't go too long here. Okay. So, well, I think yeah. most of the examples that we would give are, what, what are you are to? This versus this. Oh yeah. yeah. Most of the examples we would give are around the things, one, we struggle with because our kids struggle with, and mm-hmm. two, we tend to cont- over control about because we really care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we really can- tend to control o- around hygiene because we really want them to value cleanliness. And we we're worried. Them, we're scared. And we're worried about their physical And there's health. an outer pressure. And there's an outer pressure because they look And scruffy. we're impatient because it's taking fucking forever. You're interrupting me a lot, but yes. Sorry. Anyway. Um, so what else? Hygiene's an example. Sleeping is an example. Mm-hmm. We really want them to just fucking go to sleep. We want them to value sleep and love sleep and just turn over in the morning instead of coming into our room at five. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a big mm-hmm. one. What about eating? Eating for sure. Eating is huge. We, we want re- them to have good nutrition now and be healthy. And we want them to have the value around healthy food so we tend to control and force Mm -hmm. bites and do all these things Mm -hmm. so easily right but i think these are examples of how it's so easy for us and common for you and me kel to to have an immediate reactionary impulse with these types of things our kid resists us and says no i'm not going to eat that broccoli or no i'm not ready for bed or no i don't want to say thank you to that person or share that no i'm not i'm not ready to wash my hair tonight and we immediately just respond right? With not playing the long game with, from fear, pressure, impatience, ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to do with playing the long game is to just 
respond rather than doing that. Do that boomerang think, what am I hoping for? That's not going to look how far through that boomerang. Look how long it's taken to come back. It's going to take a while. This is a daily process of building skills based on our child's unique developmental timetable, right? Right. So let's do a couple quick examples because we might not have time for what ask us this? anything after this. But. Okay. Okay, so for example, Laszlo has been not wanting to eat vegetables lately, and he'll be like, ah, gross, ugh. I haven't and seen him eat a vegetable in like three weeks, mm-hmm. I don't think. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, and he then he'll eat some asparagus or eat some broccoli, you know. But I've really been working on on playing the long game with this because I could overcompensate for my fear. Oh my God, he's not getting enough. I could not know or have read about how it takes kids like 10 to 20 times to taste something for their taste buds to acclimate. And kids that age have weird like taste bud development anyway and texture versions. And every food can be prepared and cooked so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And that when kids are having discomfort or or different kinds of things going on sometimes they can just over control their food and do that for a little bit get a little particular right but it's really hard for me to resist insisting he take bites incentivizing him controlling his eating um and i don't want to do that because i want to play the long game i want to create a positive atmosphere around food a low pressure situation where he, the focus is on his attunement to his body and to the food, where it's not about me because I'm not involved. So what in do you do? You keep stuff. offering the, Just the keep good providing veggies. the things. I, you know, Roy's eating all of the stuff. I'm enjoying it. I've been helping him. He's been helping prepare stuff. Um, I get I to put, put his I own put, salter butter yep, on. Does that kind of stuff? I put out little baby cups and call them samples, so he t- he can test those, but with no pressure whatsoever. I'm just upping my game all around him, actually lifting a fork to his face. Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, I will hard. suggest to him too, and just say, "Hey, I noticed you haven't had a bite of your broccoli yet. Do you want to give it give it an adventure bite or give yeah. it a taste?" Or, and I, I I'll do a little prompt and be like, "Haven't had a lot but of broccoli." But if he's like, "No," yeah, I'll be like, "How's your tummy feeling? You haven't been eating a lot of veggies lately, you know." But no pressure at all okay hygiene for an example my daughter roy has been not wanting to wash her hair every time she takes a bath lately Mm -hmm. and that's not what we usually do so it just feels i have this urge where i'm like oh god what if she stops washing her hair what if she goes the next time too and doesn't wash it she's gonna look all oily and greasy and then she it's a struggle because she actually does have little freakouts about how she looks and then sometimes she'll be in the morning right before we go to school she'll look in the mirror and be like my hair and i'm Uh like oh dear god (laughs) like save me so I've got some anxiety around this hygiene resistance. And what I, of course, want to do is control and say, you have to wash your hair and make a really big thing about it and force it. But as you mentioned, Kelty, all of these things where there's resistance happen to be areas where we really want to instill foundationally healthy and happy values and an approachability and accessibility to these things where kids aren't going to be taking two forced bites the rest of their lives with stuff. Mm-hmm. They, I, we want them to just like broccoli or like whatever foods they fucking want, mm-hmm. right? And be attuned to their bodies. Same with hygiene. To understand understand the cause and effect of washing their hair or it not being washed but that's really hard so I've been struggling with that lately what about you I've been struggling a lot with uh Inigo he's three and he has not wanted to clean up anything Mm -hmm. he 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 won't take his plate to the counter he won't um pick up food that he's thrown on the ground or dropped on the ground He'll usually crumple up his napkin if I pass him one and just throw it onto the floor. (laughs) 
Um, he whatever he's playing with in the living room, whatever it is, <clears throat> and he's he goes to a Montessori school where they do one little project work at a time and then mm-hmm. carry the tray back to the shelf and do it mm-hmm. at home. I guess he's maxed out from that. Yeah, so he'll know. make he'll make a big mess Asserting doing a project. Some independence there, and it's really hard because part of me is like, I have some of these issues with his father mm-hmm. already. I, some of this is starting to like boil up in me that I'm starting to think, oh my gosh, he's going to be in, not that my husband is like an irresponsible adult, but like I, I flash forward to him, like cleaning up after him the rest being of his an life. insensitive partner. Yeah. And, and then I think just like, you know, when we go to in-laws houses and other friends houses, it's embarrassing when he just makes a big mess and then just walks away from it. Mm-hmm. But in resisting this kind of, as we've talked about before, patriarchal, cultural conditioning that we've been kind of so steeped in to our entire lives on. to focus on external um, validation, ex- what everything looks like from the outside, getting our, our needs met and our expectations Conforming. matched right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to lean in. I'm working the resist approach on these things, which is respecting him as his own unique individual with his own needs. I empathize with the fact that it's not that fun to clean up. Maybe he wants to go do this other thing instead. Mm-hmm. I try to sync up with him and say, hey, we're, um, you know, it's cleanup time. Looks like you finished that project. I could really use some help yeah, over here. I could use help mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And then if he still doesn't want to do it, I move on to the innovate step. And I say, how about we do it this? How about I hold the bucket and you throw the things in? Or should we run around in a circle, do a high five and then do it together? Just mm-hmm. whatever I can think of in the moment. Sometimes it sucks. Mm-hmm. Then I set the limit and not always do I do this but mm-hmm. sometimes I say something like well I'm going to start cleaning up and I'm really not sure that we'll have time still for three books unless you help me if you can come help me I bet we'll have enough time to read those books you wanted to read mm-hmm. or we'll be able to spend that whole time at the park because cleaning up takes a little bit of time mm-hmm. and then ultimately the tea and resist I fucking trust mm-hmm. and that's I spent a lot of time trusting yeah totally. that he's going to learn it that he's going to see me graciously and modeling you being mad and sorry being mad and angry or frustrated or forcing him to do it, that is not going to create a positive association around these things. And long lasting, deep foundational understanding of, you know, picking up after himself and why that's important. Not just because mom wants me to, but because that's what we all do as a family and And how fun and helpful is it? And how, how good does it feel when we're in this room after? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wilder, she's five. I've been struggling a little bit with her manners not necessarily to me. She mm-hmm. she's very pleased and thank you-y and like to put it out there, we've been trying this and on this program of not demanding any please, thank you, I'm sorry. No prompts, no prompts ever. We usually just model it and say mm-hmm. it. And anyway, but I've been struggle with it still, mm-hmm. especially in public when we're out when like someone, a sticker at new seasons. Sticker at new seasons. Yeah. And she I mean, she'll just say, Can I have a sticker? And when she's smiling, that's her way of saying, Hey, please can I have a sticker? Mm-hmm. And so what I'll usually say is yeah, can we have a sticker, please? And I just kind of throw that in there as a general prompt as well. But she doesn't always say thank you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your mother-in-law, for example, is mm-hmm. always giving her gifts and she just like tears the paper off and opens it right in front. And and your mother-in-law also really likes to be thanked mm-hmm. profusely. Mm. And um, and it just it's really hard for me to watch that. And I want to say, what do you say? Mm-hmm. Or you can't get gifts unless you say thank you mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But playing the long game on this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sometimes with those things, I-, I will say to my kids, because your kids may respond more negatively, being highly spirited, I will say something like, oh, do you want to go give her a hug for thanks? And I'll I'll sometimes <laughs> suggest that because they just need a tiny little cue to do it. Mm-hmm. And But sometimes I don't at all and see what happens. Mm-hmm. But it kind of depends, mostly because it's like the person would really have their feelings hurt. So I just 
casually like you know or I'll, or I'll say I'm gonna go give them a hug come let's go together totally. but like your kids it's like hands off yeah gotta and, be a little and, and a lot of that is because taking into account temperament which mm-hmm. is something that we do when we're really respecting our kids and playing the long game and their journey is to say my daughter is on the shy side She's a li- she's a little bit um, she's sensitive. She's very yeah. sensitive. Yeah. She's not a little bit sensitive. She's very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And when I see her not saying thank you, I see her looking a little bit like buttoned up, like she's a little bit uncomfortable because of this attention. Mm-hmm. And and if I tell her to say thank you or put her on the spot, it's going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. And I remember that feeling mm-hmm. as that a kid. anxiety of that having anxiety. to go kiss random people in Spain and go like say old thank men, you. Oh, smelly Ugh. old cigar faces. Yeah. Totally. Oh man. Um, so anyway, I've been really having to kind of work work the long game on this too and just continue to model model mm-hmm. graciousness both with Inigo's cleaning up well, and, and I just with, it, with manners I, and, and yeah. saying thank you and please and I'm sorry and mm-hmm. all those things. I think that so much of this too is like Wilder says all of the please and thank you and I'm sorry and all these things at home because we just model it so consistently and she's at home more than she is out at, in public getting mm-hmm. a gift. And mm-hmm. I think she just doesn't have that much experience with it. I think that's true. You but know? also think about it in the times that she's able to say it. So she knows how to say it. Mm-hmm. It's it's when, hey, can you grab me some more milk, please? Or she bumps into me and I go, oh, and she goes, oh, sorry. But mm-hmm. so it's in a low stress situation, mm-hmm. but in a high stress situation, when she's with a stranger, if she's upset, mm-hmm. that's when we as parents often feel compelled to demand these very vulnerable passages mm-hmm. to say, you're feeling really overwrought right now. Apologize. Right. Like, or are you you're feeling me? really tired at the end of the day. Wash your hair. I know. Or you're feeling really hungry right now. I'm going to tell you what food to eat. Yeah. Like these are all very susceptible moments and vulnerable moments that we're insisting on something that maybe isn't always ours to insist on and that's that's forcing the long game that's forcing the game and not playing it but all of these things are you know manners big emotions whining sleeping stuff hygiene food Mm -hmm. all these are all things that we that we struggle with a lot when our kids are struggling with them because they're very personal to the child. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what this empowerment really is about, is remembering that this is their own personal journey. This is their game. And that we have this incredible opportunity as parents to bear witness to their ever ever changing and growing um, spirits. And we get to grow with them. We get to work on our patience. We get to work on trusting instead of being scared. We get to work on our manners a little bit. We get to work on learning about kids and development so that yeah. we can feel more secure in what's going on and what we're seeing yeah. so that we can trust. The opposite of all of those things is trust. And the big thing for you, Kelty, you say respect. Respecting the individuals that are in our homes that we're supporting on this mm-hmm. journey. And for me, it's trusting in in their development and their innate stuff and that little by little scaffolding the skills, being patient. And that gives us permission to just really just to let go. It's like a trust fall where mm-hmm. we can just be like, I don't have to grip onto this and be playing, guiding every single move of this game to win it right now or to win it today. It's to mm-hmm. say, we're playing the long game, baby. Put your feet up. Keep yeah. your eye on the ball. This, and, and just the, the reminder, though, I keep coming back to that sense of self, that inner authority and that inner wisdom mm-hmm. and saying, you know you, you do you. Yeah. Screw all those people watching. I don't care if you're learning this slower. I don't care if you're saying this differently. I don't care if you're doing this other thing. You are unique and you are perfect mm-hmm. in the way that you're doing this. And it, and we're the first people that get to say these things to our kids and they all come in these really gnarly situations around mm-hmm. the house and around our kids, basically around their bodies mm-hmm. and their will and their voices. 
And and this idea too is instead of saying, that's beautiful, Kel, instead of saying, that makes me uncomfortable and I don't trust in that, so I'm going to control it. We're saying we're going to work these other powers, like the resist approach powers, because that is actually what's going to support that journey and move them forward at the at a better pace and not create more resistance or more backtracking or, or some weird power structural yeah. power play it's narrative. It's going to move their skills ahead. Know? It's going to keep them connected to who they are on this journey, and it's going to keep us close. It's going to keep our connection strong. Exactly. Right? Well, I think that's it. We have yeah. time for a quick ask us anything and then I think that's pretty a one word answer pretty much it so uh what's our kind of little outro thing that we usually say let's see we'd love to hear your feedback as always right so Mm -hmm. dm us call us contact us through upbringing.co and subscribe rate and review we really Mm -hmm. love seeing those and they help people find us also, we've begun an Ask Us Anything segment at the end of our outro music, which is replacing our old lullabies from last season. Mm-hmm. So get in touch with a question you would like us to twin talk. Mm-hmm. It can be anything. And lastly, you are doing an amazing job. And we're so proud of you. We're right here with you, taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another. So thank you for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time. And now for the Ask Us Anything portion of our show where we get a little vulnerable, a little personal, and a lot honest about whatever you want to know, personally, professionally. Mm -hmm. We're keeping it super quick. So we got one DM last (laughs) week asking how tall we are because I think that most people don't necessarily know and then they meet us in person and they're like, holy shit, these are very large people. Mm-hmm. So I w- we should have like done an Instagram story to get people's votes to see what they, what they <laughs> so actually they think. They'd be first. like, are you 6'9"? Uh-huh. Totally. It's like yeah. that Jake Gyllen. Never mind. Um, it's a podcast. Whatever. Okay. Um, you have to film me on, on our drive. Okay. Anyway, um, how tall are we, Kelty? I don't, I don't know. Well, last time we measured, I think in college we were 6'1". Okay, that's a pretty. I feel like I'm verging on six two, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Have, don't you think we've shrunk since having kids? Just like a little more stoopy, withered. I feel like I'm a getting a hunch for sure. A dowager's hunch. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then you do the big thing with your bangs, which I gives do. you a couple it's inches. Like I'm stooping over more, but my hair is getting bigger. That's mm-hmm. how we balance it out. <laughs> that's parenthood for you. That's yeah. all, folks. All right.